Hello and welcome to a bit of a different sounding Holtcast. I'm your new host, James Rushton. Now we've had a bit of a shuffle over the summer as our two main boys, Robert and Jack, have gone on to bigger and admittedly better things, but we'll be sticking to that tried and tested Holtcast formula. Now, like the Gunners who have just claimed the community shield, we're back with a bang and what better way to return than to kick fingers off with Miami's own Jack Grimsey. How are you doing, Jack? Great, James. I'm so happy to be back. I've, I was just looking today. I saw there wasn't a Holtcast since April. So sorry, folks. Sorry, we, uh, sorry that I got a job, I guess. So <laughs> been been kind of busy with that. But I'm happy to be back on the Holtcast today and hopefully as a semi-regular guest in the future. How's the weather over there in Miami? It's hot. <laughs> it's, fair enough fair enough uh, but and the the summer is kind of the rainy season here i'm learning so it's sunny every humid. day pretty much but it it also rains a lot and yes very humid oh uncomfortable but um <laughs> yeah speaking of that we haven't really had a hot cast for ages and it's for being for good reasons i mean um robert has been on to a full-time job and you've obviously moved on to something we'll speak about in a bit uh but there's been nothing to really speak about. Um, not much has changed in the world of Villa. We've still got the same manager, uh, mostly the same players, and there's only been a few new additions. It's more about building a foundation. That's boring work, but building a real team isn't isn't something that's usually fun. Uh, last year, we bought all the best players in the championship, and that's something to talk about. That's something to get into the meat of. But yeah, we've been building a foundation. We brought in Ahmed al and Glenn Whelan, but we've also brought in John Terry as well, and uh, tell you what yesterday um it was like i was dreaming uh, john terry in a villa shirt was really surreal it's not something that i'd ever thought you know you'd see but yeah thoughts on the summer jack for villa yeah like like you said over the past couple years villa have really been building the foundation and they were getting rid of some of the pieces they didn't like obviously this summer like jordan veratu carlos sanchez obviously they've both moved on now even Aaron tishbol is going out on loan but bringing in six players for combined what less than three million pounds that's good business that seems like good business for the the players they've got i know a lot of people are now are starting to get in maybe a little more unenthused about some of the older guys like john terry like glenn whelan but el muhammad he's played what almost twenty thousand minutes under steve bruce i think that's good for villa and then josh anoma sam johnston I was not a big fan of Johnston last year, but yesterday he, I think he proved him that he's getting off to a hot start this year, and he was obviously good through a lot of a lot of last year. So I think it's exciting because you just have to hope that these pieces are the final the final pieces, I guess, to the puzzle to get back up. Yeah, we're constantly speaking. You know, we're always looking for a solution, um, especially when we went down. The main goal was like remove the toxicity, and uh, I assume that's happened. Um, you'd hope so anyway but yeah um, the summer has laid the ground for the uh, start of the new championship season so we're on to the first post-match review uh, football's back while uh, Aston Villa are back because we are in a summer that, where football hasn't really stopped really has it Jack? No um, no not at all we saw John Terry even lifting a trophy with <laughs> with Villa and with La Liga in the background even though it was played in Germany you know it's that was a surprising tournament and <laughs> weird 45 minute games against reserve teams but yeah we came out with silverware and a proper match has uh, just happened for Villa. We took on Hull in a match that opened up the championship season at Villa Park. Recently rele- relegated from the Premier League. They're without Marco Silva, who was a pretty good coach. Yeah, I they feel. lost their silverware. I was going to say. <laughs> I think he's one of the top 10 coaches in the Premier League, honestly, Marco Silva. But... He's great. And uh, he had that bit of uh, xenophobia coming his way from uh, our Paul Merson. 
Uh, my tweet is words, really. But he's moved to Watford, and uh, we played them, and it was quite a promising game. I mean, they've got a, a bunch of great midfielders, Will Hughes and Chiloba. You know, that's a Premier League top 10 midfield, I'd say. They've some real talent in there. But anyway, Leonard Slutsky, sorry about the pause, because it's quite a hard name for me to say. Leonard Slutsky has moved to Hull to be their new manager, and he looked out of his depth in that first 10 minutes and even went on to say it looked like Villa had two more players and uh, we hammered them in that early period. And as it says, XG or expected goals sat at seven out of seven times out of 10 Villa win that match. They put us up uh, about 2.11 goals to Hall's 0.86. So that would work out to a two near win thereabouts. So I'm uh, not sure how we left Villa Park with a draw there, Jack. Well, uh, sorry to skip to the end, but I'll have to cut to cut to the chase and say that those missed shots very late in the day by both Andre Green and then by Josh Anoma, I think those were both probably worth at least 0.4 expected goals each, you know, and looking at that that metric because those were, I mean, the goal was gaping. Yeah, um, we'll come on to Andre Green in a bit because there's a, quite a bit to speak about there considering, you know, Andre Green, I remember he must have hit the crossbar or missed from a point blank range about 10, 10, 15 times throughout his career. I searched it on Twitter and it's happened for England under 15s, England under 13s, and all that. So I, I remember watching it at, uh, at work, actually. I was logging one of the Villa games and Andre Green came so, so, so close to scoring. And yesterday on Twitter, everyone was saying Scott Hogan is going to almost score 30 goals this season, maybe even this game, because he was. You know, he was he was almost he was right there. Yeah, um, we opened them up straight away. Um, we attacked brilliantly. We can't we cannot fault the attack apart from scoring goals, which is uh, quite ironic. But yeah, in no, the first no, minutes, it's kind of what you expect the beginning of the year. A little bit rusty, teething problems. Even yeah, despite the preseason. Well, Henry Lansbury had the best chance early on. Um, long ball comes in, he chests it down, hits it on the half volley, and it just goes wide. And you'd expect a goal to come from there, and he. After that, he plays Gabby in, and Gabby's burnt the defence. He's caught the offside right out. Um, he's barely onside, and that's another. He's got one on one that has to go in. The goal yeah, comes no, certainly, certainly, after. yeah. That was right at the beginning yeah. of the game. Six, so the goal, minutes. the goal comes shortly after. I think we scored on the eighth or ninth minute of play. Um, comes from Alan Hutton of all people. He hit a cross. I think he under hit the cross, and it caught everyone out. It just rolled like quite slowly through the centre of the goal, and it uh, missed Hogan, I think it missed Lansbury, and it fell to Gabby, who buried it, he couldn't do anything else, um, the celebration was, you know, it was strange, um, I thought he was sprinting to the halt end, and it was quite an emotional moment, um, if you don't know the story, um, Wolves' keeper, Carl Akimi, was uh, diagnosed with leukaemia over the summer, so obviously he's out for the foreseeable future, while he hopefully recovers from that, um, Gabby yeah. went over and grabbed a shirt with his name on it. No, I think it was it was a really classy celebration, and it was smart by Gabby to grab a shirt and not take off his top and get a yellow. You know, I hate to I, I hate that it would come to that to say support someone with leukemia. You can't take your own shirt off, but that was a, a classy way to do that. So, all plaudits to Gabby. Yeah, so is he back on form? You reckon, Jack? I mean, it's early days yet, but he looked pretty much on fire for those first uh, few minutes, anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, with Gabby, I think that's what we want to see is a strong either start to the game, come off flying, take everyone by surprise, or someone that you can use as an impact sub because clearly he still has the pace, and at least for this league. Yeah, um, the, other, the big question about Villa's attacking is Scott Hogan. 
he should have scored directly after that goal. Um, he absolutely done the whole defence. Um, he pulled it through someone's legs, carried on, pushed, held off a challenge and just ran into the keeper, unfortunately. And the chance he had after was probably almost, you know, no, everyone's overlooking this, but uh, Al Mohamedi, he crossed it in and it was deflected right. You know, it couldn't have been more clearly onto the path of Hogan. And uh, at that point, I reckon Villa should have been two or three up, and that says it says it all in the XG. Really, we should have been that. We needed two goals out of that, and it didn't happen. Yeah, should have been out of sight after the end of the first half. But oh, and sorry to get to get back to your point of of seeing John Terry earlier. Um, I thought yesterday him organizing the defense on corner kicks was it was great. He's oh yeah, yelling, he read just yelling at everyone and telling everyone what to do, clearing the ball. He made a mis- he made a mistake early, but um, overall it was a great match from from his perspective. Yeah, John Terry was a pretty much a stellar for that entire match. There's a moment of madness will come on to later when uh, Hall scored, but uh, John Terry for the most part seemed extremely intelligent, making up for you know a lack of pace. I mean, he's still strong, he's still smart, and you know he's probably the smartest centre back I've seen at Villa in years. And, and he, he makes up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just has so much experience. He's seen every situation and knows. That's part of the the intelligence and reading the game is if you've seen it before, you probably know what's going to happen. Yeah, he's got great trust in uh, Sam Johnson as well, which is good to see. Um, one of the big problems we had this time last year was Alfic and Galini, when Alfic wouldn't trust Galini with anything, and he would, you know, tell Galini to do things that would result in disaster for the the poor Italian who would run out to take a cross that Alfic had told him to come out and get and you know deflect it into the net. So it's good to replace that with you know some real defending, some uh, a guy who's taking responsibility for everything. Yeah, and certainly trusting. there's there's no language barrier there, which I think might have been an issue. Exactly, exactly. And uh, John Terry, no, it's it's great to see. It is great to see. Um, the rest of the game, Villa, you know, the worst part of the pitch was midfield. Is the same? Did you see that, Jack? Did you sense that? Yeah, I sensed. I think we just needed to pack the midfield with more people. We have really quality midfielders, Lansbury, Hurahane, um, now Anoma even, and Glenn Whelan, he knows he knows his way around England. So exactly. I think I think if you have more technically skilled players, you pack the pitch the middle of the park, you should come out victorious, you know. You'll have more of the ball and hopefully more chances. But Bakuna is not a, a center mid that really is going to keep the ball and keep possession. He wants to he wants to move forward, credit him, but he needs to be on the wing. Yeah, uh, midfield. Uh, it was uh, Lansbury did impress early on, I have to say. He fell off later. That's a different story, though. But uh, Leandro Bakuna was booed off the pitch, and Glenn Whelan looked a bit off the pace. But, Jack, the big question is, the one I want to direct to you is, why is Korahurahan not starting for Villa when Bakuna has played two tournaments in the summer? And he looks off the. He, he doesn't look like he's had a rest. No, know. no, it's confusing. I don't know. He must be blackmailing Steve Bruce or something. <laughs> it's the the obvious explanation. Yeah, Hurahan didn't but, even get brought on, which is it's strange. No, you know. no, and it, while I was happy to see Anoma come on, it's strange to see him come on without having trained with the squad. Really, you know. Yeah, and Hurahan's there. He's you know he's been there since the, January. The definition of a proven championship talent, and he doesn't come on. Uh, I wouldn't See, want he's to think a proven championship him. match winner. I'm sorry, not just a talent, he's, you know. Yeah, he's, he's a proven best player in the championship. You know, no, yeah. no bar none. You know, you might have Chris Wood or a Samba Longa. You know, those championship talents down here, those real match winners. But 
there's no one better for me than Hurahan, who bossed it for Barnsley. But there's another yeah, thing. Yeah. Another thing. You've spoken a lot about head injuries, haven't you, Jack? Over your course in Twitter, over the your course with the time you've 7,500 to hold, a head injury or a concussion, as always. For some reason, I feel stuck out to you. Henry Lansbury took quite the elbow to the headlight on. And Ellis Sanford on the blog uh, picked something up. He said, and he noted that in the stats, Lansbury completely drops off after he took this elbow to the head. And he was on the down on the pitch for quite some time. Why wasn't he taken off? Yeah, that's one of the least shocking things ever is that his performance dropped after he got smashed in the head by an elbow because i don't know you you never want to speculate and say that he got a concussion but in order to never speculate you have to remove him from the pitch in case that he did suffer a concussion or head injury and like you said i always go on about that well in my history i've had i don't know six or seven concussions so it's something that i've dealt with on a personal level and seeing the effects of it and that people don't take them seriously is really a, a scary thing so well, especially with so much strength on the bench as well, Jack. You know, Hurahan, we just said Hurahan could have come on. Anoma could have come on four. Even even Bjarnason, people were suggesting yeah, could have came Bjarnason. on. We had, Bree, we had a lot of time. Put on Bree, you push Bakuna wherever. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit strange. I think, I I don't want to say that, that I've you know, known he had a concussion and kept him on, or if he had a concussion at all. But at no, but the, just the lack of awareness off. by Bruce to not even think that that was an option and that maybe you need to bring him off. Yeah, I mean, you can see Villa's highlight package, and it's quite extensive. There's a 10-minute, you know, 60 frames per second, 1080p highlight package of the whole match, and uh, you can see in slow motion, Lansbury take quite the elbow to the head, and even in the, you know, the benefit of slow motion, when things usually look a bit, you know, not as bad as they seem in full speed, that still looks quite like quite the elbow to the head, and... You know, his production dropped off completely after that, whether he was tired or whether it was the result of the, the elbow to the head, we won't know. But um, it didn't seem like much action was taken, so it doesn't seem like we're taking, or anyone at all is taking head injuries in football or soccer, seriously enough. No, no, in, in almost any sport. Obviously, you know, with the NFL, and there were studies that came out that showed, what, 99% of players showed CTE damage from playing American football an undeniably obvious link and with soccer with heading the ball you're going to see similar effects obviously no one's trying to use their head within a helmet to crash into your head but you get you get those head-to-head contacts still exactly exactly but um the big moment of madness for villa was when hall scored the goal so hall surged on a counter as you know it's football he bounces back and forth but villa tried to really restrict and strangle them seven players pressed the ball seven different players across the villa team pressed the ball hall simply passed wide passed it back out to the other the, the other side of the pitch where uh villa were caught out and because of that press jared bowen found it all too easy to blast it past sam johnston at the villa keepers near post yeah. there's a lot there went, that three, went wrong here three right backs on the pitch for villa and no one could mark the furthest man on hole's left flank or villa's right flank you know a lot of the post-match blame went on Bakuna jack why is that um because he's the easiest person to blame <laughs> yeah I, you, I, saw, I don't know i'm looking at the heat maps right now on opta and Bakuna is was our furthest forward on the left. He was playing it was like we kind of played a four three two one almost and he was that left yeah. attacking mid left winger. 
if Lansbury and Whelan right in the middle of the pitch, and then Elmo was outright. Gabby, Gabby, Neil Taylor, and Bakuna has almost all had the same average position. It's weird. Exactly. One thing that's really struck, you know, sticks out to me is there's a clip going around on YouTube at the moment. It's uh, about Bakuna in the quote unquote build up to Hall's goal where he's walking around. Um, obviously, there's a lot to be said for work rate right, and covering your teammates. But if you're expecting a right midfielder to be covering the right, why would you, as a left sided centre midfielder, be responsible for, you know, Alan Hutton's work or Al Mohammadi's work or even Hogan's work. Um, Gabby's made the effort to track back and you can see that in this same vertical slice, you know, four seconds of footage that Gabby's tracked back on the left. So why is no one on the right? Uh, it's a bit it's a bit strange. But even then, Sam Johnston, um, keeper doesn't want to get beat on the near post. Alan Hutton dragged across everywhere because no one's helping him out. Uh, Whelan is the right-sided central midfielder and he's not helping out on the right. Everything that could have went wrong for Villa did go wrong for Villa, and it led to him walking out of Villa Park with a point instead of three. Yeah, sadly, sadly, it's classic Villa. Classic Villa, like, indeed. I I retweeted my tweet from last year of New Year same Villa because that's what it felt like. Exactly. Um, they played great the whole game. I'd honestly say that I was. As I said to you, I was really angry at the time. I left the Villa Park quite upset and be like, "What the? What have I just seen?" But the simple answer is, in though that four seconds of play, everything that could have went wrong went wrong. Villa they stacked the middle and got split open by wide play, which is just simple. You know, you play wide formations to drag teams out, and all all Hull needed to do was pass it out wide, cross it over, and you've just bamboozled the uh, Villa defence in the midfield. There was no right defence on offer, on offer at all. Hutton was dragged over the pitch. Bakula and Whelan were just unsure what to do, and that's clear. And uh, Sam Johnson was beat at his near post, and it's a mess. And that's a real shame because Villa should have won that seven times out of ten. As we said, they win that game. And because of what happened, that's the reason that it was one of those three out of ten times where you don't win that game. No, no, it's inexcusable. It's been it's what Villa have been doing for years is not capitalizing and, you know, like we said, scoring three. <laughs> Andre Green. Andre Green. So if you think the drama ended there, Jack, obviously, you'd be wrong, wouldn't you? Andre Green ends up injured something that's going to stick with him for a while. So I'll set the scene for you, mate. Al Mohamedi pings in a ball that Hall's keeper flaps in. Andre Green has made an incredible, incredibly smart run across the box. He's in the goal and he goes for the header, but he goes for the header far too early. What the board does, it smacks him in the face, mate, and it bounces wide. He's in, you know, you've seen it. How many times do you reckon you've seen it? Oh my gosh! It's and every time it goes, it should go in. You want it to go in. He was there too quickly, or something. I don't know. From what I've seen, he just he just goes for a, the header about two seconds before the ball arrives, and his face is just down. You know, he's not aiming the ball into the net. It's just the ball just hits him. No word of a lie. Centimeters from the goal as well. You know, he's past everyone. Yeah, it was, it was so unlucky that 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 did not go in. So that just set piece <laughs> confusion or being too eager. I think yeah, that's what I think. I think he was too eager. He was in such a good position getting there, and then just I don't know had a uh, made a, a human a, mistake. You know that happens. Yeah, it happens, and it happens to Green a lot. And I think it's because you know it has happened a lot. So he wants to be eager to score and you know banish these demons because every time he's on the end of a cross and he goes for the, one of the, the matches sticks out last year. I think 
when he's beat so many players on the wing, he's cut inside and he's hit like the perfect finesse shot on FIFA from the edge of the box. And it bangs off the crossbar. And then moments later, he's on the edge of a diving header and just trickles wide. It's, but soon, the, soon the, he's going to get it. You've got to think. Either, exactly. he, either he's going to figure out he's never going to be a goal scorer or he's going to just really start nailing everyone. Exactly. It's not, it's not a criticism of him. I think no, he's no. brilliant. And the fact he's making these chances when no one else is, you know, is a testament to him. Uh, one of Villa's brightest youth talents, and he's made that left-wing position his own. Hopefully Steve Bruce puts him there. Yeah, I just, I just kind of wish we were lining up a team with him, Russian Hepburn Murphy, with Daniel Johnson, with Kelm Robinson, you know, all the, and Grealish, obviously, it's sad that he's in the hospital now. He was watching the game from the hospital yesterday because of his kidney problem. Yeah, and I think, you know, you drop Lansbury in for Bakuna or Whelan and you start jacking that 10 roll. You have Green out on the left and Villa, they, they win games. And if Andrew Green puts that in, we're not having this conversation, are we? Villa win 2-1. That's it. Game is done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you trust, uh, I mean, it's it's obviously Villa defense, you know, they're going to leak at some point, but you trust John Terry and James Chester and Chris Samba when he's playing as a defender at the end of the <laughs> game to be able to see it out if it's 2-1. I think Spruce is warming him up, uh, told Samba to warm up because he expected Villa to take the lead. Josh Anima comes on after that, um, and he should have scored as well, but he was offside. Um, if he measures his run a bit from that Terry flick on, that's a goal as well. He's he's right. He should be bang on target. But the biggest talking point of the match isn't to do with goals at all. It's Chris Samba, Jack. He's not played striker for 20 years, but he comes on for Villa in the 90th minute <laughs> to play striker. What do you think of that? I think uh, it was, if, if it works, uh, Steve Bruce is a genius. If it fails, then everyone's lampooning him like they are now. But... It didn't really fail, though, did it? It's just too late. I mean... Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Just that move it should... in the 85th. Uh, when we're putting... When Anima's on the ball, you know, when he's offside, he's nearly scored. When Andre Green has nearly scored, that should be where Samba would, would have scored. If you you if you do that move, you can't do it at 90 minutes. It's a, That's an 85, you know, 80, 80th minute sub. And... He's not as stupid as everyone makes out for make. You know, I don't. I don't think it front. is at all. If you look at you Samba look at, has played uh, striker. He's played on the wing. Genuinely, I'm not. This is not made up. He, you know, he was moved to a defender quite late in his development just because of his size. And you know, we saw in preseason that he has got ball skills and he does go on runs. And even when he was in Russia for ANSI, um, he was he did play as a left back, a left wing back, and a, a winger. This isn't new. No, and it's I, new, I it's think new in it's, England. Uh, it's a strategy that's commonly used anyway. Because yeah, he's thirty, he's thirty-five career goals. But I think if you need a goal, you have some, you have a big lad you can throw on up there. He doesn't even have to be the furthest forward. He can just win those flick-ons to try to get it to to your egg on the horse, who somehow played ninety minutes, or <laughs> to Hogan, who's <laughs> up there, or to Andre Green. Well, at 7,500, we had some player ratings by Sean Evans, one of our new writers, and he put down Gabby as the man of the match. Is that something you would agree with, Jack? Yeah, just because he scored the goal. Um, the stats say he didn't have any touches, but I think his off-the-ball work is to be commended here. He was constantly pressing. You know, he never stopped pressing. And, you know, he he, filled, he was filling in that left-back for Taylor in the, on the overlap. Yeah, you don't get credit for touches or you don't get credit for anything when you run at players, you press the ball and you make them pass it out of bounds. You don't get any stats for that, you know? 
Yeah, you can't get expected presses just yet, but um, we'll bring them to you. <laughs> I mean, you if, but, you, yeah. if you if you look at heat map, obviously it won't be the touch map, but you can see how much where he is. Yeah, technically some someone covers. So, but yeah, um, I have to agree. He'll get a lot of slack. Um, for not having the ball, especially it goes back to like Tottenham game when he had like, eight touches and stuff like that. He's got a reputation for never touching the ball, but he's off it the go, ball. It goes back to Gardner when there was the Opta fail and he had uh, not very many touches. You know, the data w- were wrong. And even though it eventually got corrected, you know, people see one thing and that's it. It's done, isn't it? Get, a, get like, an idea in your head. It's like Samba. Like you can sit back seriously after the match and go, Samba, Chris Samba has played striker. That's his role. He grew up playing. No, he'd come to a def- he was changed to a defender at age eighteen. You know, imagine Andre Green getting changed to defender right now. Obviously, it wouldn't happen. Well, it you look at stop. people what what people want Jordan Amavi get changed to a defender to be like or changed to an attacker to be like Gareth Bale. But exactly, it doesn't often happen, and it happened no. to Samba, who has excelled. You know, in that Blackburn team, he was excelling in that Blackburn team, and he's a great defender. I'm not sure why he had to beg Villa for trials and stuff. But um, yeah, he got played up front, and if it worked, he's a genius. He should have come on earlier, unfortunately, when we were pinging balls into the box. But yeah, it was far too little, far too late. But uh, I think that's it for Holdrack. Have you got any closing thoughts on that whole game? At least we didn't lose. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, last season, I think we started off with a loss to Wednesday, and we were more optimistic after that loss to Wednesday than we were against for a draw against Hull when we should have won. Exactly, but Strange. the only thing that's important is get through the first 11 games without having seven draws and three losses. Yeah, exactly. Please don't do that again, otherwise we'll we'll have to pack it in for the season. <laughs> we've got a few games coming up to preview this week. Uh, we've got Colchester in the Carabao Cup, which is the League Cup, named after uh, the energy rink that seems to sponsor most teams. Chelsea, Reading, they're, they're all over everything. But on Wednesday night, we head to Colchester, Essex to play out the first round of the Carabao Cup last year this tie was horrible it was against Luton do you remember that yeah oh I I was I guess I was even thinking of Notts County that was the what that was the next one that was two years two years that was yeah that was two years ago right yeah, that that Notts County one was. I like that. That was a that was a proper. That yeah, was a proper but it was goal, no, it? no. It was the sign of things to come. That we were going to score goals, <laughs> yeah. but we were going to concede a lot of goals. And then we Luton was the free one, free oh, one yeah, last yeah. year. Au, I think I was Au that grabbed the goal. Akore passed the ball into the the net. Oh yeah, and, clinical on goal. <laughs> yeah, uh, did you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Ideally, if we don't go down three-one to Colchester, I think it's a success. Do you expect us to lose? No, I expect Villa to win. Maybe probably three-three-one or two-nil. You know, I think I expect them to come back after that game and say we made a lot of mistakes, but we are a good team. We should be the class of the championship. That's what Villa should be. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, the last time we met Colchester, it was in the League Cup, the same competition we're playing on Wednesday. But it was in 1979. We played out a 2-2 draw with Colchester. And we won for a penalty shootout and nine goals to eight. That was dug up by at New York Villains on Twitter. I've just saw that before we went into recording. But would a repeat of this be good enough for you? 9-8 on penalties? That's fantastic entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> would it be on ABBA? Yeah, I think it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, EFL said uh, in any English football league competition, that's a, the EFL 
Cup, which this is, or the EFL Trophy, which is where the reserve teams play, teams League One and under, and they're the ABBA or ABBA um, shootout. Do you have any thoughts on that, actually? Because we've just seen that, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. No, I just I just tweeted it, and it's it's the ABBA. It's like the snake draft, you know, and uh, if you do a fantasy. Yeah, no, fantasy front. Premier League, I think a lot of people are learning that, but it was more common in American fantasy sports, but... So it'd be, I get the first, you get two and three, I get four or five, and you'd have six. It's weird with only two people, you know, it's not really like a snake draft, but... I like it. I, think, I really do like it. Yeah, yeah, I just tweeted, though, that I think that they should use both formats, and it should be random. So you you can't train to do one of them or something, you know? Because if you do yeah. two penalties in a row, maybe you tell your guys both shoot to the right, because the keeper... I don't know. It's it's when you get in the shootouts, it's always reverse psychology. You shoot right two times in a row. It's unlikely that he thinks you're going to shoot that. It's all game theory. It's not the most pressing change that needed to be made to the no. game. There are a lot of things that change. No, no, they but, don't, they're um, never going to change things that actually matter. It's just a little <laughs> a little tweak here. But, um, yeah, we saw it in the Community Shield clash where Arsenal battered uh, Chelsea four to one pen- on penalties um, with Thibaut Courtois. Blazing one into the stands of Wembley, but yeah, um, ideally that won't happen if we uh, if Colchester take us to penalties, we, uh, <laughs> we we won't have Sam Johnson take one. But yeah, after that league, if, it, if it goes out, nine to eight, we probably will get to Johnston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, by our default, yeah. Yeah, but but yesterday was the the German Super Cup, and that was not the ABBA format, and it was still it was good drama. It ended the the game ended in normal time two two, so after the shootout, Bayern had won seven six, so five five four in the shootout. You know, I really this brings me to those old MLS style like MLS mid nineties shootouts where you had the ball from the halfway line. Oh man, that's class that you that you mentioned that because I my friend was here yesterday and after after the Super Cup, the German Super Cup, I was showing him old MLS shootouts because he hadn't seen it. So I was like, do you, do you know what this is? And he had no idea. So he was loving that. He, was, he says, why don't they do this now? <laughs> for, the people, for the people who aren't listening, basically, well, you haven't heard of the MLS style shootouts. Basically, you get the ball at the halfway line. Oh, it's like, I think it's, it's like the 30, 35 yard line, I guess, because they were all in yeah. old, old uh, NFL stadiums, you know, so they all had the yard lines. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like twice, you, as, you... twice as far out from the box, basically, the edge of the box. You get the ball and you sprint, and the you keeper sprints out to you. You have a timer, yeah. so you have to shoot before, like, I don't know, five or ten seconds. Yes, yeah, so you've got the ball, and the keeper usually doesn't stay put. They sprint out. They they often sprint out to you, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And it's just you. I like that. I think that's a brilliant. No, I genuinely think, because a lot of people dismiss it as American theatrics. You know, you have that 1994 World Cup kind of denim kit kind of thing going on with those kind of shootouts but i'm a real big fan of them i think yeah, that's really i think they're great yeah it's a really good way good way to you know it's stupid but the penalty shootouts are stupid as well it's so. not mls or no sorry excuse me let me start that over shootouts in general are not football so why do you think that football you know should be the the prevailing force when determining logic with regards to shootouts because they're you know they're exactly. Not, not how you play football. And I mean, like the penalty, sh- the pen- the history of the penalty shootout is just weird because, you know, you have a team 
that's not performed for the whole game, drag it out to a penalty shootout to win on the penalty shootout. And it doesn't seem like the fairest, almost entertaining way to send the team through. And I mean, you could say you could draw lots or something, which happened a few years ago, I think, in the World Cup to send a team out. It's much worse to do that. Pick the names out of exactly. a hat. Are you serious? So we have loads of we have loads of ways in which to you know separate drawing or tying teams, and we still come to drawing lots and penalty shootouts, which is quite strange. Yeah. So I've, I've just gone and I've just gone and tweeted a link to. A YouTube video of old MLS shootouts, and you and one of them, the keeper fouls the taker, so it goes to an actual spot kick. In that, <laughs> that's quite great. You gotta, you gotta watch this good video. I put it in. I put it in. A th- I'm gonna start doing this now. I guess when I'm on the whole cast, if we talk about external things, tweeting. I tweeted a couple screenshots of uh, heat maps, so maybe you, you guys saw them on Twitter before hearing this. But that's what. Uh, that's that's what he does. So, Maverick, where can we uh, find you, Jack? Just for uh, interest on Twitter. Yeah, just at, at Jack Grimsey on Twitter. Or uh, if you want to actually see the, not my stupid tweets, but things I do, it's facebook.com slash Jack Grimsey. I mostly just post uh, actual work there. Actual things. work. You know, I mean, I post all my work on Twitter, but it gets washed away by things like old MLS shootout videos because they're funny. <laughs> That's a great link, actually. Um, we're off on the road again to Cardiff next weekend and hopefully we won't get washed away in the bay of wales <laughs> but yeah i was gonna go to this away game um but i'm saving up and any excuse not to see neil warnock in person does me a, a world of good i feel because he does make me angry i don't know it was his 50th year in football yeah weekend. congrats to him that's class yeah that, that's amazing but god he does bitch so much about things just beyond his control or beyond. His I think that's just of one him. of those one of those rights you earn when you get that old. You know, you've seen everything, so you get to say, "Oh, it should be this way." I mean, saying you want to shoot a, a referee dead with a double barreled shotgun. All right, I didn't hear that. I take that. <laughs> you can't do that, um, even if you even if you vote for whoever you want to vote for. Didn't he call Jack? He, I think he called Jack Grealish a tosser as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's the only person to have done that. <laughs> Yeah, because he started. A, you know, apparently, uh, Grealish was d- apparently diving in that game despite being kicked oh, to shreds. Yeah. He's, um, he's always crushed, and the referee never gives him any help. But do you know much about Cardiff this year? Have you followed them at all? Mm, no, not not really. Me either. <laughs> I think it's me either. <laughs> For me, the championship every every game you're not playing at home is one of those games that you maybe are not going to win. Well, they started off their season yesterday with a win away to Burton at the Pirelli in Burton. Um, so that's 1-0. That sends them to the top of the championship table. And uh, Burton down to the bowels of the championship table. Um, we expect Burton to get relegated this season. But a lot, yeah, of people yeah, tipping, a lot of people are tipping Cardiff to be a threat. And uh, They've kind of had a couple, you... they kind of had a couple years, you know, laying low. They spent yeah. too much money in the Premier League. They went down, and they have to kind of consolidate, I think, and then try to make a run at it again. Yeah. Um. So I'm pretty. I'm not too optimistic about heading to Cardiff and getting three points, Jack. To be completely honest. No, I think one point. You know, it's so early, and we're always complaining about draws already. But a draw there is a fine result. You just have to win the home games. That's why we're annoyed. <laughs> yeah. The problem is then you have. 
Villa want to average two points or around 1.6 or 1.8 to uh, have standard chance of promotion or playoffs this season. And, you know, you head to Cardiff for a draw and then you've got Norwich after, which is going to be obviously a tricky tie at home. And you stand a chance of your first three games being three draws. You know, that's not six points. No. Or uh, nine points, is it? That's no, why you say, whatever, you better lose one of those two and win the other one. I don't care about it. Stop getting draws. Throw everything for the points. You know? Cardiff yes, are without. Yeah. I guess Sorry, that's my, that final, my final thought on Hull is that I would have rather lost it and put on three strikers going for the win than taking a draw. <laughs> that's, I think that's what Steve is tried to do with Samba. Yeah, I guess so, but... <laughs> Um, Cardiff are without former Villa man Peter Whittingham, who became a legend at Cardiff after he left Villa, making almost 500 appearances and scoring almost 100 goals. He's at Blackburn now, so and they went down. Uh, Cardiff, right? yeah, they went down into League One, and I don't think they started off their season that well. Let me have a look because that will. But yeah, I guess I guess home. any even going back to that point about chucking strikers on Steve Bruce was limited because Adoma. And Koja are out, and then I don't even know what's happening with McCormick. Yeah, um, but um, for reference, Blackburn were beaten by Southend, so Whittingham didn't have the best start. But Cardiff did have that good start, as we said. They, they beat Burton by a goal to nothing. Um, I expect them to be one of those teams that are stealing 1-0 games across the season, and they'll be in with a shout of the playoffs. I think Neil Warnock is a wily old championship manager, as the stereotype goal goes. This T. Bruce being his slightly younger counterpart. Um, Neil Warnock's been doing this for years. Crystal Palace, Sheffield United, he's got teams up. Crystal Palace as well. Um, he's got a championship pedigree. He knows how to get teams up. It's just a shame he never gets an actual job when he gets to the Premier League. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any predictions for Cardiff, the Cardiff game, Jack? I'm going to say Villa 2-1. We're gonna what you what you want to see from the actual game as well? Yeah, I just want to see uh, some strikers looking more clinical because we yes we're actually creating chances. Last year was a big problem with that, but personally, I want to see us defy XG. I want to see us if we're predicted one goal. I want to see us get us two. Oh, you want to nick nick a result? Yeah, I think if we can show the boss uh, be the boss of the numbers, then uh, it'll prove good as long That's... as it's not. That's what uh, Forrest, Forrest did that to Millwall. Millwall, it was another against the run of play. They won 1-0, though, instead of instead of drawing like us. Yeah, obviously, we don't want to make a tradition or something regular of defying expectations when it comes to expected goals and all that, because that's Redding, Redding's problem as well. Is, is yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yep, Stem is, is, a, is a quality coach, in my opinion. But exactly. I don't know. If you, if you defy expectations all season, maybe you end up like Leicester. <laughs> Exactly, you know, defining expectations wins you the big the big games and it sets your team up for life, like it did for Leicester. Um, but if Reading go down, as many people are actually predicting them to go down, oh, statistically, no I don't see it happening as well, but um, the nerds do, and they're smarter than, I think, us, Jack. But, yeah, they, yeah. They, they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to get out of the headlock first, innit? So Yeah. I think that's it from us, Jack. We've uh, had a meaty Holtcast today. There's been a lot to preview, a lot to talk about. Um, you can find us at 7500 to Holt on Twitter. I'm Jamo Rushton. That's J-A-M-O Rushton with a T-O-N at the end. We can catch Jack Grimsey at Jack Grimsey. Where are you working now, Jack? I'm working at, uh, at B in Sports USA. So obviously we've been getting a lot of flack for losing the 
the championship rights by everyone to ESPN, I guess. But yeah, it's it's happened, isn't it? In the US, so oh, you got you've got real football at least, haven't you? Nice. Have you got Serie A still? Yeah, we've got oh, Serie A. We've got Neymar now, at, even with Liga and obviously La Liga. Perfect. And, and we got the we got the Turkish league this year, so. What Ali Sissoko? Yeah, exactly. Sissoko. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's Antelaspor or something. Oh, Antelaspor and Trabzonspor yeah. has Villas colors. We're I don't know. We're all trying to pick Turkish teams because it's funny. But what what about come to Besiktas? Yeah, yeah. Negredo just no, went that, there, yeah. and those ads are great. Those... Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Uh, Villa, don't know Villa, this. maybe needs something. We had the the show I work on. It's called the Extra, and we had when uh, when John Terry joined the. The WhatsApp group we had that on our our show because that was funny. Yeah, exactly, best, but I think co- come to Besiktas is the one. Hashtag come to Besiktas. Yeah, <laughs> probably one of the best announcement videos, better announcement videos you see. And Ash Roma or uh, AS Roma even or uh, As Roma, AS Roma one of a good one. They just copy everyone now. Yeah, um, they're, they're hilarious. The they're they're tweets that are like those YouTube videos for like all the skills and tricks and with all the emojis and it's just terrible <laughs> music that always goes with the goals. I don't know why. People make goal highlight videos with the horse music. But yeah, I think that's uh, it from us today. Obviously, you can catch Jack on Twitter at Jack, Jack Grimsey, and uh, he'll be back to join us soon. But we'll catch you at the same time next Sunday. Hopefully, Villa will be on four points and in the next round of the Cup. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, any other app, and 7500tohold.com. I've been James Richardson, and as for Jack Grimsey, that's it for today. See ya. Thanks. Have a good one.